Mr. Pop. Seriously, Ian Anderson okay. had his hand on more than the flute. Yes, he did. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Rock and Roll, the podcast. It's only called that, really, because, you know, you boys wait till your dad gets home. It was already taken by someone else, so we had to call it something. So we went with Rock and Roll. We got a little bit of uh, sport, a little bit of music, a little bit of madness, a little bit of everything. And that, of course, is all brought together by uh, the three of us. My name's Kevin Hillier. With me is Mark Fine. Hello, Finey. G'day, Kevin. Yes, a little, did you say a little bit of madness? I guess in a moment we'll add a whole lot of madness, but... Uh wasn't a good week for our football teams. We've all started slowly. Oh, I sent the three poo emojis to the three of us because it was just it was it was very disappointing, and none more disappointed of the three of us than this man, rock star, oh. Queensland resident, <laughs> border jumper, you name it. He's uh, he's doing it. Uh, Self tanning machine in one, Brian Maddox. Homeless, you left homeless out. Oh, okay, uh, sorry, homeless. Well, actually, no, you. no, you're not. You're now a squatter. Well, I'm a squatter at the moment, <laughs> yes. Um, but, um, yeah, yeah, homeless. But, um, yeah, I'm a squatter, so that's okay. Well, you'd like to be um, teamless as well, wouldn't you, at this stage? Oh, look, how embarrassing were they? They were just terrible. Um, you know, I, I, it wouldn't have surprised me that they'd lose, but to lose in such a pathetic – we'll be bottom of the ladder – well, it's only round one. Don't get too, you know. It doesn't matter. We're on the bottom. That's how good we're going. Oh, <laughs> awful start to the season. Uh, finally, the Saints. Um, now, this is your first weekend where you don't have responsibilities of being a broadcaster and having to critique the game and do all that sort of stuff. As a, as a fan, you sat down, you watched, and what happened? We were shit out. Bonnie's <laughs> <laughs> back, yes. Oh, it's terrible. Well, we just don't have it. We've got the worst midfield in the comp, statistically and just without the stats as well. It's not deep enough. We don't have enough midfielders. Uh, so is there light at the end of your tunnel, Brian? Well, it, well, I guess um, Dylan Clark or what's his name? Dylan Martin or something who made his debut Nick and kicked Martin. five goals. Yep. Yeah, that was a very impressive performance for a first-gamer. Um, but the people that had played plenty of games were pretty ordinary. Um, got killed in the midfield, um, couldn't find anybody to kick a goal, leaked, leaked goals terribly. Uh, there was nothing to like about us except for the first game and his first game. Finally, is there light at the end of your tunnel? Probably the same. First game, in fact, Hayes did well, didn't he? For yeah, a, he did. Your age group. But... No, but they're just going to have to play youngsters like Mitch Owens and Marcus Vinhager and guys like that. I don't like the look of it, not one little bit. And Jimmy Webster can pull his finger out and use it to hitchhike back to Tasmania. <laughs> we got one on the boat, one on the boat already. So uh, we're starting to cull them pretty early in the season after round one. I uh, look the the game on uh, the doggies Melbourne game. At one stage there, I thought this is going to be uh, we're going to get killed, and then we uh, we got ourselves together, and then we kicked eight goals in a row. And I thought, well, who knows what'll happen now? And that second half was just Melbourne have an amazing ability to reboot themselves and not worry about what the scoreboard says and just go about their game. And 
in the end, win comfortably. Um, they're a very good side. I'm not sure. Uh, I think we're still a very good side, but uh, I think we came up against the team that are, you know, reigning premiers and obviously are continuing to be the benchmark of the competition. I, was, I wasn't terribly, um, uh, you know, gutted by it, but then, then I turned it off. I, I must admit it's going to be a very long season for me because I am having a real problem listening to any of the commentary. So at the end of the game, I thought, okay, we lost. I don't want to hear any of the stuff. I turned it off. And then in coming back around about a couple of hours later, I discovered the press conference. Oh. <laughs> well, well, well. How about that? Well, well, well. Finally, as a, uh, a man who's <coughs> been in those press conferences and sat in and watched the coaches when they come in when they win or when they lose, what was your take on what happened uh, in the Bulldogs press conference in particular? Oh, there's no doubt that Stefo had a few things swirling around in his mind, including losing the first game of the season and trying to keep some matters in-house and also probably his own preconceived, you know, preconception that Tom Morris being a Melbourne person is always going to give the Bulldogs a hard time, especially in big games. And it all came out the wrong way, I think. Yeah. <laughs> it was wrong. He, he just picked the wrong time to let all barrels go. There will be times when journalists are in the wrong, but this wasn't particularly one of those. Yep. Um, and then the next 48 hours was um, unbelievable uh, in the way that sort of um, transpired and what happened with Tom Morrison now doesn't have a job with the uh, the Fox Network and we all know how that, uh, how that played out over the next 48 hours. Um, it was quite astonishing, um, and a lot of people who supported Tom on the, on the Wednesday night yep. got to get used to the when it was Wednesday night. Um, yep. th- then had to make enormous uh, I won't say backflips, but they actually had to go. Oh, hang on, that was that, and now we have to deal yep. with this. Yep. Well, we take those matters separately. And Absolutely. And at the end, we are two losers, no winners. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and I, jeez, uh, it'll be very interesting to see how um, how it plays out. I, I, I saw Bevo's um, apology, uh, the video of his apology. To, yep. I'll be honest and say it didn't look to me like he wanted to do it. Um, it didn't look like, I won't say insincere, but it didn't look like he was happy about doing it, and he probably yeah, wasn't. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they, uh, how they case manage that going forward. I'm not sure it warranted, uh, you know, a federal inquiry the way that that it was handled, and you know, the club paying twenty thousand dollars to a mental um, one of the uh, the mental health um, companies who's a who's a sponsor of the club. I'm not sure it warranted all that. No, but we know that clubs and the AFL are so desperate to be seen to be politically correct nowadays. Well, that, isn't that isn't that that transparent though? Really, Finey, isn't that exactly what? Don't we all have just said that they, they need to be seen to be doing something? Well, I'm saying it's it, it's become such a common reaction to any wrong misstep by a player or an official that the club goes out of its way to do the mea culpa. They bear their you know, they bear their palms and donate to charity that if they don't do it, then the horrible naysayers and finger pointers on social media will be saying, you know, they did nothing in reaction. Yeah. They support this sort of behaviour. They're anti-mental health. 
Yeah, they'd rather just not go down that track. I think. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I mean, I can see why, but again, I, I think it's I think it's fairly um, transparent to most of us exactly what's playing out there, and for that from that point of view, does it really have the the impact that they want? It keeps it keeps them from the bad headlines, but does it really do anything? No, it does absolutely nothing. Yeah. But what it does do is help us move on to the next controversy. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Now, if you're wondering what the smell is, that's uh, Brian Mannix's tip and Kevin Hillier's tip because um, uh, yeah. we stunk it up, Mannix. My, oh, my I'm God. Not sure I got any. Well, you did. You got as many as I did. And, and, and that you don't have to – you can be a butcher who's uh, – you can be a very bad butcher who's, um, who's uh, you know, had many accidents in many years uh, with the, uh, the meat cleaver and still be able to count our winnings um, this week um, because you and I both got three. Oh, rock on! How, How pathetic is that? Is that? Finally, oh. you uh, you were, I guess an average score for for this weekend's round. I reckon you did better than average. You got six. Wow! I got the first. I got the first three wrong, and the next one's right. And all the all the rest correct. So the only ones, you, yeah. Uh, the, the the Blues was a bit of a surprise. What's a, what's a, who's your big winner out of the weekend? Is it? Uh, is it Carlton uh, as they move forward to, to start the season for the first time in a positive fashion in such a long time? Or who do you see as the big winner from the weekend, Finding? Yeah, I think Carlton are a standout. And I think Sydney would be pretty happy with their ability to unearth a couple more youngsters. You know, they, whatever happens this year, don't worry. Sydney are going to be a mighty team in two or three years. And the big, so, and the big loser from the weekend, is it the Eagles? Nope. No, no, they went all right. I mean, they have a team of no names. You know, it's going to be a hard season because of what's going on over there. They've got players in isolation and players who don't want to get the jab. So it's going to be a messy season. Yep. Um, I reckon that probably the big losers on the weekend, maybe St Kilda and Essendon. You know, St Kilda sort of confirming what a lot of pundits said, that they're not up to it and didn't show anything to the contrary. And Essendon were mighty disappointing. But I'll, I'll put that down to one game, especially for the Bombers. I think they can bounce back. Yep. Mm, okay. I don't know. I think, I think we're going to play Melbourne next week or the week after. <laughs> we're going to, yeah, I don't expect us to get a win till round five. Oh, cheery start to the season for you, Manix. Well, I, well <laughs> we've, got, we've got a bastard in the draw the first six rounds. We've got Melbourne and we've got... Um, Brisbane. Brisbane. Yeah, so, you know, we're in a bit of bother. Bit of bother. <laughs> bit of bother. All right. Well, before we move on to the other sport that we want to discuss, uh, let's go. Let's get to the tips and do the tips for um, this coming week. Starts Thursday night. The Doggies take on Carlton at uh, Marvel Stadium Thursday night at 7.20. Mannix? I'll go for the Doggies. Thanks, Kev. Mr. Fine? I'll go for the Bulldog. Yeah. Well, dogs all round as it was last week and... Uh, that didn't work out very well for anybody. Uh, Friday night is in Sydney. The Swans take on the Cats. They were pretty good, actually, the Cats. Uh, Brian, Swans, Cats. Um, Swans in Sydney. No, the umpires will give them so many free kicks in the last quarter that the Swans will get up. So, Swans. It's rigged, is it? Uh, Playing at the SCG, you know, they can climb up the point post and you still don't get a free kick. No, 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 not at SCG. Sydney, it's just Sydney and the umpires are just too strong for anyone. Fine, in. I'll go for the Cats. Cats, yeah, me too. 
Should have picked them last week. Uh, I, I got gonged out of the end by Mr Mannix, but never mind. Uh, Collingwood, whew, surprise, surprise, Saturday afternoon they'll be hosting the Crows at the uh, MCG. Uh, is it uh, pies all round here, boys? Yes. Oh, yeah. Certainly is, right? So the pies look pretty good too. Oh, they got some a couple of good young blokes coming through as well. Saturday afternoon, 4.35, Marvel Stadium. Essendon will take on the Brisbane Lions, Mr Mannix. <laughs> oh, God. Um, well, uh, it's yeah, round go. two, you big sook. You've got a tip. Oh, I'll go to the Bombers, but um, I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, Bombers. I'm going to go for the Lions, Finey. Yeah, Brisbane for me. Yep. Yeah, they got the chocolates when they needed to. Saturday night uh, at Adelaide Oval, uh, Port Adelaide will host Hawthorne. They're a bit stiff, Port Adelaide. They looked all right at times. Finey? Yeah, they played well. A couple more injuries is no good, but um, they'll be Hawthorne. Yep, Port Adelaide there. Port Adelaide for me. And for you, Brian? Port Adelaide. Thank you, fellas. Okay. Sunday – sorry, Saturday again – uh, at Metricon on the Gold Coast, the Suns take on Melbourne. And I think the Suns were good, but I don't think they can beat Melbourne, so I'm going for Melbourne. Brian? Uh, Melbourne. Funny. Melbourne. Uh, North Melbourne take on the West Coast Eagles. This will be at Marvel Stadium at one ten on Sunday afternoon. You mentioned West Coast are a no-name team, Funny. Do you think they can knock over the Kangaroos? No chance. North Melbourne. North Melbourne. Brian? Did North win last week? No, lost to Hawthorne. Oh, goodness me. Can't pull a trick. Um, did they look any good? Uh, I didn't see a lot of that game. I saw probably five minutes of it. I, I couldn't tell you, to be honest. I know uh, Luke McDonald played pretty well, and I think their number one draft pick played all right. Do you see any of that game, Finey? Yeah, I saw it. Horn Francis, was, he's going to be good, but, you know, he's only a kid. Yep. Yeah, they got oh. – they had much of a forward one, so they couldn't score. Oh, okay. Uh, so, Brian? Uh, well, yeah, okay, I'll go to the Kangaroos. You're going to go to the Kangaroos. Right, Sunday afternoon, MCG, 3.20, Richmond take on the GWS Giants. What do you make of the Giants' performance, Finey? Yeah, look, they had the game. At some point, they looked like they were going to win. They, they were on a competitive side, but they've, without Toby Green, they just don't have that... X factor in the forward line that causes panic because when that happens, like like moths to the flame, other players become loose. But I, I, they're much less of a team without him, aren't they? Yep, absolutely. So Richmond to win. Yep, Richmond for mine. Brian, Richmond or the Giants? Uh, go the Tigers. Okay, and the final game is Sunday afternoon at Optus Stadium in Perth, and the Dockers will take on St Kilda. Ooh, I'm going to have to go to the Dockers only because it's over there. Brian? Yeah, I'm going to go to the Dockers because it's over there. Finey? I'll go to the Saints. I thought the Dockers were very poor. Okay. All right, so there are the tips. So we'll see if we can uh, see if we can stink up the room any more, Brian, uh, for next oh. week. It'll be yeah, a treat for everybody if we uh, if we can actually go worse than three. Uh, now, a chart this week, which we'll get to shortly, March 14, 1975. Let me read you the top ten. Brian, you can sing any of these that you like as we go along. All right. Number ten, Beach Baby by First Class. Beach Baby, Beach Baby, lend me your hands. Yep. Yep. Uh, number nine, You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet by Backman Turner Overdrive. You ain't seen nothing yet. Dum, bum. Yep, not Good bad. Song. 
Number eight, Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin. Harry Chapin, all right. Harry, go boy. He's good. Number seven, If You Love Me, Let Me Know by Olivia Newton-John. Oh, yeah. One of her okay. country ones. Yeah. Uh, number six, horror movie, Skyhooks. Mm, good song. Five, Black Superman by Johnny Wakeland. Yeah. Muhammad, Muhammad Ali. Ooh. Oh, is that that one? Yeah, oh, okay. that's that one. Number four, Lucy in the Sky by Elton John. Yeah. One of two Beatles covers in the top five. Mm. Number three, here we go, Touch Me by Ray Burgess. Oh, God, the mighty Ray Burgess. Mr. Burgess. Mr. To you, Burgess, Kev. yes. Mr. Burgess. Mr. Flashes, if you remember. Flashes. TV oh, show. He was terrific. Number two, he's a good fellow, Ray. Uh, number two, Please, Mr. Postman by The Carpenters. Oh. The other Beatles cover. Lovely version. And the number one song was When Will I See You Again by Three Degrees. Mm. Which at the time was all, all the talk about that one at the time was that. Prince Charles said that it was his favourite song of the time. He loved it. Well, coming from a man that likes to put pickled onions in people's pockets, I think that's great. Okay. Sounds good to me. Uh, now, a couple of other sporting things we need to uh, cover off, boys. We've got the cricket on at the moment. Uh, Australia's playing Pakistan in the third test. Hey, can I ask a politically question that you, might, you two might be more across than me? They're playing it at Gaddafi Stadium in Lahore. Does Pakistan not have the same kind of politically correct feelings that we have about naming stadiums after people? Gaddafi or Lahore? Which one, <laughs> which, which one don't you like? Well, you know, change the name of the stadium, maybe the name of the town while you're at it. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think the Idi Amin Stadium uh, in Mumbai is nice. <laughs> oh, God. Well, you know, it sort of it reeks of a bit of that. Does it not strike you as strange, Finey? Oh, look, maybe it's another Gaddafi, a local violin maker. Yeah, very could popular. be. <laughs> could um, be. But you know the famous story with Brian Lara? No. So I think it was Michael Holding was commentating and he announced that Greg News out of the West Indies, Brian Lara, has just had his first childhood daughter and has named it. Sydney after the place of his most cherished test inning. Lucky he didn't make it at Lahore. (laughs) 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 Uh, Mickey Holding. Uh, Very good. Very good indeed. Uh, so we've got uh, that going on at the moment. We've also got the Women's World Cup in the the women's cricket uh, and Australia going along nicely there into the semifinals, undefeated so far in the series. We've got the Socceroos playing on Thursday night, uh, qualifier at the business end of the qualifying for the World Cup. Yeah, they're in a bit of bother, I reckon. The girls? Or no, the Socceroos? Oh, the, the men's soccer. Is the men's soccer you're talking about? Yeah, 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 men's. Yeah, the Socceroos. Yeah, I reckon Japan will beat them. Uh, Japan a good side. But they've yeah, got. Really good. I, I did see a story just earlier today where the three of the guns of the Japanese team are not playing. Oh, so that's good. That might be good, but I'm not sure. I think we've got, I think we've got Aaron Moy in COVID, uh, some sort of COVID yeah. isolation. Um, I yeah, we've got, we've got the Brisbane and the Perth striker from the A League, I think, playing. Uh, you mean Bruno Fornaroli? 
Yeah, I can nearly say that. Yeah, Bruno, Bruno's in the uh, in the squad. <coughs> uh, uh, not exactly born in the Western Districts of uh, New South Wales, Bruno, but um, he's been here long enough for uh, citizenship eligibility. So uh, he's going yeah. to uh, he's going to play for Australia. He's a good, good player. Thirty four. Well, he's a good player. Well, we need somebody to score, so hopefully he's the answer. Yeah, let us hope so. Um, anything in your world this week, finally, that you need to report to us before we uh, we launch into the uh, the chart and uh, various other things? No, no. I mean, that, you know, sporting-wise, no. Um, discount store, no. No. I went, by, I went by there, but he wasn't there. Ah. Well, well hang on. Hang on. He works seven days a week. Oh, he might have been out the back or something, but I wasn't going to hang around. Not while the dragon was sitting in the front. <laughs> <laughs> she's got, she's got you, hasn't she? She's, uh, she, you're she frightened. Like you. You're intimidated by her. Um, had a couple of <laughs> key listeners to rock and roll come past the store. Oh, good. And um, had some lunch with them, and they were planning a local tour. They were going to the discount goods store, so I wonder how they went. Oh, gee. Um, <laughs> Let us know on our <laughs> Facebook page if you've gone down there and do you have some stories to tell. We'd, we'd love to hear them. Do these um, these people who listen to this podcast, they pay for their food, I hope, finally. They're not trying to freeload and, uh, you know. They were great. They bought quite a bit of stuff, tried a whole lot of new things. I hope they enjoyed it. I'm sure they will. Very good. And that's about it. Okay. Yep, can't think of anything else what about, other than yeah, yep. Oh, other than focusing on the top forty, of course. Well, we'll do that in a tick. But uh, Mannix, what's happening in your uh, you know turgid world? What's going on? Well, I, I made a bid for this apartment in Surface Paradise. Um, they've come back. They want a little bit more. I'll think about that overnight and might just say damn the torpedoes and just buy it. So I've got somewhere to live. Yep. Um, but, yeah, no, I'm enjoying Queensland a lot, um, you know, just walking around in thongs and a singlet all day and, you know, I did 10 laps of the pool today and, um, yeah, no, it's, you know, it's sort of, apart from not having a home, I think I've pretty much adjusted to the Gold Coast. I really love it. It's it's great. Everybody's happy. Is, um, I was going to say, the, the feeling up there, it's, it's almost like everyone feels like they're on holidays 90% of the time, so that's that's a good feeling. Yeah, no, it's really good, and it's a lot cheaper up here too. Um, you know, I bought a six pack of VB the other night for nineteen dollars, and that would have cost me about twenty three in Melbourne. So, you know, what's what's petrol up there? Same ridiculously stupid prices as here. I know yeah, you haven't had yeah, a car, but yeah, not that I've bought any, but um, I'm trying to cut back on the uh, petrol sniffing. <laughs> and Ryan, uh, well. At $2 a litre, Kev, I just can't afford it. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you know, it used to be a cheap alternative to alcohol. Now it's just right up there. What's the uh, what's the nightlife like? Have you been venturing out or not? No, not really. Um, you know, I sort of – I caught up with a friend the other night and didn't get home until Sparrow's fart, but that's okay. But, um, no, I've been – haven't been going to clubs or anything. No, not really. Just sort of doing stuff during the day and um, – Going to bed a bit earlier than I normally do. Okay, so you're feeling a bit healthier and a bit sort of reinvigorated. No, not really. Oh, but okay. um, 
But, you know, the, the sunlight gets up a court to five in the morning. It's ridiculous. Get some daylight savings up here. Yeah, the, the, I've never – and I was there when they did the original vote, I reckon, in the 70s and, and knocked it back, and I just thought one of the more idiotic things. It was driven by the blokes in the country, and the country party ran the uh, ran the state at that stage, and they had, uh, they had the votes. But, yeah, they didn't want the – Curtains to fade, or the cows to, you know, have their milk going at the wrong an hour before it should have, or something, something stupid and illogical like that. Well, the cows don't look at a watch; they just see the sun come out and go. Right, it's time to get milk. Yep, pretty much. It's not, you know, anyway. Yep. Oh well, and it, and it, it uh, there's no doubt it affects business when you're doing business and you, you know, with people in Queensland and stuff. It's a massive pain in the bum setting things up. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Yeah, so. Apart from that, I'm I'm loving Queensland, but um, yeah, the daylight savings it just gets a bit bright, a bit early for me, but uh, that's okay. All right, what's happening uh, gig wise? You got uh, stuff coming up? Yeah, I'm playing at uh, Ben Lee on uh, Friday. Oh, Ben Lee, okay, yeah, just down and the street then, from where you are now. Yeah, and then I'm playing a sort of a party for Hot Tomato Radio on Saturday, oh. and then on Sunday I'm at Mudgery Bar. You are getting around. You're starting to get uh, the local vernacular into your uh, into your speech. Well, I wasn't sure how to say Queenbian. Well, is that right? Queenbian, that's in uh, New South Wales. That's near Canberra, isn't it? Oh, no, Ben Lee. Yeah, Bean oh, Lee. Bean, no, it's Bean Lee. Bean Lee. Bean Lee. Okay. Home of the famous right. uh, Bean Lee rum. Right. And uh, just up the road from the Yatla Pies. Right. You've got to try Yatla Pie. And Bean, uh-huh. Bean Lee, of course, is uh, I mean, it's around uh, where uh, sort of movie world and all that is around that uh, that area too. Oh, lovely. Good spot. Uh, all right. Good spot. I'll look forward to it. All right. Okay, so I think we've covered everything. Uh, <laughs> the stupidest thing I've seen all year. Did you see the um, the logo that, and I think it's out of the Prime Minister's office, that they came up with for the Prime Minister's Women's Network? No. I didn't. You didn't see it? No. Okay. Well, you, you need to seek it out because they've done this logo, which is they've done like a W. So just in your mind's eye, do like a, a, a round bottom W. Right. And then so you've, yeah. got, you've got that that round bottom W. And then off the, yeah. off the, off the right-hand side of the W, a straight kind of line to go out and then to loop around like a, um, like a cul-de-sac. Right, so you yeah. have a, a cul-de-sac then that runs down and around and back to the top of the other side of the W. Sounds like a dick and balls. Correct. <laughs> well, why would you have a dick and balls for the women's network? <laughs> well, well, there you well, go. See, uh, the, uh, I'm sitting in a room with two blokes who've not seen it and within 15 nanoseconds you already picked the problem and I haven't even shown you what it looks like. Is, is the women's network? Are they after a dick and balls? Is that the reason? No, no I don't. No, I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure that it was. It's set up as a kind of a parliamentary arm of the prime minister's office to um, to deal with women's affairs. Um, and well, it sounds like all their affairs well, revolve around dick and balls. Well, you know, that's uh, just one of the more ridiculous. I mean, if you put that in a yes minister episode or you know a satirical comedy thing, people would go, "That's really funny. That's brilliant." But to do it in real life is just stupidity to the max. Jeez, oh, I, I might have to join the Women's Network. <laughs> well, yeah. If, yeah. 
Is they like a drawing of a dick and balls? Why do they get a load of me? God, God, uh, you know, help them with the, when they pin the badges on uh, the the members. That will be um, that'll be something else. But yeah, that uh, that that actually it got through. It got released to the public for the public to see. One of the more bizarre things that uh, have happened politically. Mind, there's been a lot of bizarre things happening politically, but. That's um. That's one of the beauties. And somebody probably got paid three hundred thousand dollars to come up with a dick and balls. Yeah, yeah. Come up with a logo for this and then send it in, and someone in the department goes, "Yeah, that looks really good. I like that." And then someone goes, uh, "Excuse me, over here, uh, it looks a bit like a dick and balls. What do you think?" Oh, no, they would have said, "They would have said, no, it's not. It's balls and dick." <laughs> <laughs> totally different. Yeah, it's it's politically correct to have balls and dick, not dick and balls. Oh, goodness me. All right. Let us get to the uh, the chart for this week, boys. Okay. Because there are some good songs in here. There's some a couple of little ones uh, right down the bottom there that uh, obviously were on their way out of this chart, but um, make for interesting listening. How did you find this one, Finey? Uh, March 14, 1975. Yeah, it's not, not the greatest, but then you- I looked a bit deeper and I found songs that I really liked and some that I really hated. So perfect. Yep. Yep. How about you, Brian? What did you see? What did you think when you saw it? You mentioned a couple in the top ten that you like. Yeah, there's a couple of good ones here, but it's all even the good ones are probably only a seven, seven and a half out of ten. No, oh, I got um, one of my all time favourites in this. You what? Yeah, one of my yep. top ten of all time is in this chart. Oh, okay. Yeah. And uh, oh, right. yeah, no, it's it's right up there. I, I finished up with a very split list. I had about a dozen that I really liked, um, about a dozen I didn't uh, didn't like at all, and then the whole stack of them I was ambivalent about, and three that I immediately put in the waste paper basket, not even to be considered because I just didn't think it was the it wasn't right. Two, sorry, not three, two. Right, but we'll get to them. All right, Finey, kick us off. Let's have your number three bad and your number three good. Where are we going? All right, so my number three bad, I think I'm going to go with the basic. Well, I could have gone with Mandy by Barry Manilow, but it's low-hanging fruit, too easy. <laughs> so I went for Summer Love Sensation by the Bay City Wankers. <laughs> I mean, this band just churned out meaningless songs with meaningless tunes. Smiling at the camera, you know, playing on their supposed good looks, maybe in Scotland where there aren't any dentists, as I don't know about the rest of the world. <laughs> it was a song that made no difference to rock and roll from the minute it was recorded to this very day. A piece of piffle. So yep. that's my third. Yep. They were they they were monstrous in seventy five seventy six when they came to Australia. There was screaming girls at airports and uh, hotels besieged. It was it was sort of Beatlemania on a on a much lesser scale, but um, they were they were huge for a very nanosecond of time. Yeah, they were. And thank God that's over. I did the uh, I did the airport welcome for them in Brisbane, and their plane got delayed four times um, for I don't even know for whatever reason. Uh, and the girls, by the time they got there, all the little thirteen and fourteen year old girls were spent. They were gone. They'd they'd shot their uh, they'd shot their enthusiasm out the door, and they still screamed and yelled. But it, it didn't. It wasn't anywhere near as feverish as everyone thought it would be. And their numbers dwindled because mum and dad had come to pick them up. Because you know it's five o'clock now. You they were supposed to arrive at one. What's going on? And off they went. Anyway. 
Don't worry, if I was doing their airport welcome, I would have done it with a rubber glove and a flashlight. <laughs> yeah, they were. Uh, uh, Les was all right, but the, the rest of them, there wasn't a, there wasn't a lot going on between the ears with most of them. I have to say, but anyway. My number three, good. Look, this song, I admit, it's become a bit hackneyed, a bit sort of overplayed. But I'll go back to the time and the basic tenets of the song, and it's Cats in the Cradle. Yep. I don't think there's been a father who's had a, a boy who has heard that song and not had not thought about his own relationship with his son or son. So I think it's a pretty beautiful song. So I'll put that to the best. Yep, I agree. Very good song. He's a great songwriter, Harry Chapin. I'm a big fan of Harry Chapin's. I love Taxi and a whole WLLD and a whole lot of songs he did. Taxi is the worst song ever written. I beg your pardon? Taxi is the worst song ever written. Sorry, we've got a bad connection here. Some, some, there's, there's some idiot coming through saying something about Taxi being the worst song ever. Uh, Brian, oh. can you come back on, please, Brian? It's a classical example of don't get stoned in the studio, for God's sake. Taxi's a good song. Oh, it's a mess. It's a rambling mess. No, it's not. Oh, no, just for those listeners, have a listen to Taxi by Harry Chapman. It is a disgrace. It's not a disgrace. It's the worst song ever written. Oh, it's not the worst song ever written. I often quote that as the worst song ever written. Oh, I reckon I could come up with 10 that beat it easily. No, it's a, it's, it's a fine song. Don't start. Mm, okay. what's, right, what's your number three, good and bad, Mr Grumpy Bum? Um, bad, I think we'll go for Muhammad. The Black Superman. Yeah, I think we'll chuck that in there as the third worst. Yep. And uh, a good one. I think I'm going to go for um, Girls on the Avenue by Richard Clapton. Yep. Yeah, not a bad song. Good song. Yeah. Number 11 on this uh, this chart, just outside the top 10. So uh, Dickie, who's uh, back and uh, touring again uh, after many, many COVID cancellations, I think he's got his Summer of Love um, tour for that CD back on the road again. So, oh, good. He'll be out and about. Uh, my number three bad. Yeah, I'm sorry. There's certain songs, uh, singers I, I, you know, hear sing certain songs and they sing them really well. And then when they get into this kind of dramatic um, actor type uh, role when they sing a song, uh, it sounds condescending. It sounds like they don't mean it. It sounds incredibly insincere. And my number three bad is the number 28 song on this chart, and that's My Boy by Elvis Presley. Oh, Elvis. I just, yes. as Cats in the Cradle is one of those, uh, you know, songs that you go, yeah, I can relate to that. This is one of those songs where I just think anyone who listens to that is going to go, it's just, it's a French song. It's just like, it's too, it's too cheesy. It's too, yeah, doesn't do it for me. Yeah. Very ordinary. My number three good, and we're building up to my number one good, which is one of my all-time favourite songs. Uh, yeah. I concur with you about Girls on the Avenue, but I'm going to go for a bit of a dark horse here in number, my number three. Uh, this was the song that relaunched this bloke back into uh, mainstream. Uh, it finished up being a number one song for him in England and America was, uh, I think, a top ten here. On this chart, it's number 13, but it's Laughter in the Rain by Neil Sedaka. I love it. Yeah. I love it. I think it's a great one. The next, the next sort of phase of his career was when he did Bad Blood with Elton John, and that was a smash all over the world. But this, I reckon, was a better song, Laughter in the Rain. And I uh, just, he just sings. Neil Sedak has got one of those really beautiful um, high voices that uh, he can, he can, he can sing anything. But he sings this just beautifully. And it's his song, and I reckon that's a beauty. So that's my number three. Good. All right. 
But, you know, I like taxis, so what would I know? Well, Neil Sedaka sounds like a girl sometimes. He does. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. I, okay. I, I agree. I agree. Uh, number two, good and bad, uh, Mr. Fine. What are we serving up? Number two, bad. Look, I, I, some of us sound too cynical, but we must have been a very, um, you know, they were innocent times, a very naive people, not to have what we would do today, cringe at the idea of a song called Santa Never Made It to Darwin. It sounds like <laughs> a parrot. Sounds like something that, um, what's his name? Who's that Australian comedian? Kevin Bloody Wilson. Yeah. Five Bill and Boyd, of course, Boyd did away with Ben and took his place. <laughs> Bill and Ben. <laughs> yes. So they went from flower pot then to smoking pot. Well, this is just a formula country western song. Take out, take out, you know, put place in on baking tray, add simplistic words, cook and present. There you go. You know what's interesting? I, uh, I, I can't work out why it's still in the chart in March of that year. And it's sort of like, a, you know, it was done just after Cyclone Tracy. It was still hanging, yeah, around, right. still hanging around in March. Yeah, I couldn't understand how it made it in eight months before the cyclone. <laughs> All right, what's your number two good? Well, my number two good is a band that has appeared in, in my bad before and certainly a lead singer who's often in my band, but I think this is their best song. I'm going Summer Love by Sherbet. Wow. Surprise. Oh, I didn't see that coming. No. Yep. No, no, it is a surprise, but I don't mind the song at all. Irene's a good song. Irene, um, for its time, its production values were pretty good too. Um, I think that's their best. That's mine. That's mine. Yeah, really good um, Really good drum sound, particularly on the start of that um, that song. And I reckon Daryl sings that one really well. Yep. But I must admit, I am I'm uh, I'm surprised finding I didn't. Uh, yep. Not normally a fan, but there you go. I am yeah. open to. I am I am open to suggestion. Yeah, no, fair enough. That's good. That's good. Yep. All right, number two for Mister Mannix. Number two, bad. I like this band generally, but I don't like this song. I think it's just a bit contrived and. Um, yeah, I don't like it. I'm talking about sweet and peppermint twist. Mm. I don't know. Is it about a lolly? Is it about a dance? I don't know. But um, it doesn't work for me. It's just, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Tr- a trashy little song could have been done by, you know, any number of 150 bands and they were better than that, I reckon. Yeah, I agree. I agree. They um yeah, it wasn't one of them. That's a great work, but that's not it. Yeah, they did it. I mean, they did. They did equal. I reckon they did equal numbers of of uh, you know great songs and really shitty ones. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm inclined to agree. Um, uh, so that's my bad. Mm-hmm. Um, and my good is number twenty five. Far, far away by the Mighty Slade. What yep. a great band! Great yep. band. A good song. That. It's a really good song, actually. A, a bit different for them. Yeah, they sort of mellowed a bit in their old age. Yeah, which you know, nineteen seventy-five was only a couple of years after they were screaming the, the you know, blowing the, the roof, roof off down. joints with "Come yeah. On, Feel the Noise" and all those songs. Yeah, but uh, yeah, no, so it's a really good song. I like it a lot. Yep. Number yeah. twenty-five, Slade's "Far, Far Away." All right, my number three, bad. Oh, there's any number yet. Now, I will say that I've. 
uh, put two into the into the bin completely based on they've been I think they've been pillared and kicked to death by me on too many more occasions. So I won't mention them again, but there's two of them in there. Um, I'm going to give number two bad. I don't know how the hell this charted, and I can't for the life of me work out why I even bothered to do a, a, a cover version of this song. Jim Reeves' original version of He'll Have to Go was a bloody awful song. Put your sweet lips a little closer to the phone. Um, just an awful song. Just a cringe-worthy song. And then Cash Whoa. Backman, or as he should be known, Arvidus Krastins, which was his actual name, Whoa. from Ascot Vale. Arvidus did a version of He'll Have to Go that, quite frankly, makes my girl Bill sound like Stairway to Heaven. Um, oh, my God. It's 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 terrible. I mean, it's an awful song. You do, finally talking there about, you know, country songs with sound and never made it into Darwin. He'll Have to Go is one of those, you know, horrible, horrible, uh, whiny, um, whingy country songs, and this is just a really, really awful version of it. Um, so that uh, that goes straight into my um, my bad. He'll Have to Go by Cash Backman. My number two good. Hoo-hoo. Building up to my number one. Uh, Beach Baby's good. Uh, Cats in the Cradle's good. Horror movie's terrific. Um, but I'm going to go, and I mentioned her last week, I'm going again with uh, Linda Ronstadt and You're No Good because she just can sing anything and I love it. And uh, this is not one of the great songs of all time, an old swinging blue jeans song, but I, uh, I just love listening to this lady's voice. Just beat Angie Baby by Helen Reddy, which I really like too. Um, so she gets uh, she gets the and just beat Leo Sayer, who I like as well. Um, so yeah, uh, Linda Ronstadt is my number two. Finally, we have Summer Love Sensation by the Bay City Rollers. Santa never made it into Darwin as three and two. What's the worst song on this chart? Take a nineteen sixties Motown hit, put it in the hands of a little-known incompetent glam rock band from England with a lead singer who has a deranged look that should place him in a mental asylum. And you have the band Hello singing Tells You. Yes. My, my goodness. That, that band worries me. I haven't heard of them, and I hope they haven't committed too many serious crimes. I don't think they ever had another hit. I think that was it. And it, uh, they kind of tried to do like a, I don't know, a punky kind of type version of, of that old – Exciter's song. Um, yeah, that's right. Tell you about them. Yeah, that's it. Good song. Yeah, but this, this version's just glam rock and it doesn't work. Yeah, like the real guitar thing and uh, the, all the spiky head singers. And all that. So I watched the clip today and went, my God. <laughs> the awful. <laughs> yeah, weird. Yeah. Weird, weird. Very weird. But- Number one, Dad. All right. So number three is Cats in the Cradle by Harry Chapin. Number two is Summer Love by Sherbert. Number one is? Great song. Beckman Turner Overdrive, The Canadian Boys. Yeah. You ain't seen this is a This is just a full song. It's got great riffs, got decent lyrics, good singing, including the old intentional stutter, baby. <laughs> and it's just got yep. a simple, hard-driving chorus. It's like a show bag full of goodies. It's not overly complicated, but it's a great song. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Ticks all the boxes. Ticks all the boxes. And still sounds good coming out of the radio when you hear it on the odd occasion that they play it these days. Yep. 
I agree. Yeah. I like it. Like Backman Turner Overdrive. I like I like most of their stuff, and I like the Guess Who was the band that came before them. Right, O'Brien, your number three in the bads is Black Superman by Johnny Wakeland. Number two bad is Peppermint Twist by Sweet, and the worst song on this is? Oh, well, mate, William Shakespeare with My Little Angel, and considering what happened to William, this is just a terrible song for him to be singing. Um, it just snuck in ahead of Old Black Water by the Doobie Brothers, but um, William Shakespeare, My Little Angel, that's pretty unredeemable, that song. I sort of feel like I've, ex- ex- uh, you know, uh, kicked him to death several times already on this podcast. I, I left it alone this time, but I, yeah. I had a feeling one of you would, would put it in there. It deserves to be. It's an awful song. Yeah. Now, I was going to have for my number one good one. Well, let me say, your number three is Girls on the Avenue by Richard Clapton. Number two is Far, Far Away by Slade. And number one is? Well, I was going to have He'll Have to Go, which I love that song. Um, Are you serious? I learned it on guitar and um, it just played in my house a lot when I was a kid. But it's bloody and, awful. Uh, I mean, put your sweet uh, Oh, come on. You know, she's with another guy and he's saying, uh, get rid of him, I'm coming over. No, that's that's absolutely uh, that's uh, you shouldn't be having uh, recreational drugs in the studio. That's the problem there. No, that's a Harry Chapman's problem when he's <laughs> freaking jeepers creepers. Um, so I was going to have that, but instead I saw horror movies there, and you know you can't go past horror movie. It's a really clever lyric. No other band sounded like them. So uh, Skyhook's horror movie sitting there at number six. Yep, I think we all concur. That's a great song and deserves yep. to be. In one of our lifts. And you've already mentioned my um, gazumped. You already mentioned my number one song, Mannix. What's that? Blackwater by the Doobie Brothers. Yay! Oh, oh God. <laughs> oh, come on, Brian. Mississippi Moon, won't you keep on shining on? Well, see, you remember it. Yeah, I do. It's a good song. Yeah, it probably is. It's a very, very good song, and that is my number one. My number one bad. Gee, there's still a few left. Oh, look, I, I decided not to even consider Gary Glitter's "Oh Yes, You're Beautiful" for two reasons. One, because I reckon we've given him enough already, and two, because whoever was proofreading the chart, it's "Why are you are a Why are you apostrophe re beautiful?" Not "Why are you are." Goodness me! Ah, uh, blimey. Um, uh, but I'm I'm going to go with uh, a band who had, were very successful. But this song I listened to today, it's a song about a motorcycle gang. Mm. Now, when you sing a song about a motorcycle gang, you probably think Steppenwolf, yeah. a bit of Easy Rider, a bit of the yeah. birds, a bit yeah. of that sort of guitar, you know, all that sort of that feel about being on the road and a Harley Davidson and, you know, motorcycle sort of tough guys. Paper yeah. Lace. Oh, their song called Black Eyed Boys is about a motorcycle gang stroke band. Uh, it is the most, it is the most, um, it, oh, I don't, I don't quite know what the word is these days that you can use for this song. Um, it is just as, as insipid and uh, it, where it should have been, you know, uh, 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 yep. it's an awful, awful song. Uh, the Night Chicago Diet had its moments, but this song doesn't have any. It is just awful. It's momentless. It is without moment, as George Costanza would say, without yeah. moment. Moment, there is no moment. Yep, Here, 
Here, there is no moment. <laughs> it's got a bit of chopper about it. Um, unfortunately, the chopper that they were talking about would have been a, one of those Vespers. They oh, would have been nice. would have been a big uh, motorcycle gang on a Vespa, um, mm. and that only just marginally beat out Jethro Tull's bungle in the jungle. My yeah. God. Seriously, Ian Anderson because had his hand on more than the flute. Yes. Yes, he did. Yeah. Um, how long? How long does Bungle in the Jungle go for? About nineteen minutes or something. I think the the um, the single version only went for about three. I think they cut it down. But yeah, you're right. Everything that Jethro Tull did, apart from living in the past, went for twenty minutes. It's truth. You'd get an album. You'd get their album, and there'd be four tracks on. You go, well, that's not really very good value, is it? Yeah, thick as a brick went for a whole side, didn't it? Or yep. did it go for two sides? Yeah. Yep, I, I sided a bit. I reckon, if from memory. Um, yeah, it wasn't in a rush to finish. I was. I never got. I mean, I, I didn't. Living in the past, I didn't mind. It was a nice commercial little three-minute song, and I, I. But I never got. I never got Jethro Tull. Did you get him, Finey? You have a look. Put in your Google. Your Google and your YouTube. <laughs> put in the live version of Locomotive Breath. Has to be the live version. It's one of the most dynamic, energetic, wonderful live. It's them playing in front of ninety thousand people or something. It sends shivers down my spine. I hate Jethro Tull, but I love that film clip. Okay. So the live version of Locomotive Breath. Yep. It is 10 out of 10, 10 times over. Okay. All right. Yeah. I'm willing to have a, a listen and look. I um <laughs> I remember the when they came out. in the must have been the middle 70s they came out and toured and um, the one of the guys on air in Brisbane went to the press conference and Ian Anderson knew the question was coming, and as soon as they started to ask, he got up and walked out because um, Keith Williams wanted to ask. So how good would Jethro Tull be without Ian Anderson? And as he was sort of halfway through the question, Ian Anderson got up and walked out. So uh, it wasn't a Luke Beveridge mm. moment, but it was pretty close for its time. All right. Um, uh. There were some good, uh, some good Aussie songs in there we did mention. Everlasting Love, Doug Parkinson's version of that was, was pretty good. How, yeah. how did Ray Burgess not make your top three, uh, Mannix? Well, I'm saving Ray for next week, actually. Um, <laughs> right. I think um, I just don't want to overexpose Ray at this point. I'm going to pull him out when nobody's expecting him. Uh, and Elton's version of Lucy in the Sky, uh, sorry, yeah. you're going to do a Beatles cover, you just got to do more with it than he did. Yeah, it's, it's, it's live, isn't it? Uh, so the one he did, I think there was a live version he did with John Lennon somewhere, wasn't there, at some Madison yeah. Square Garden? Yeah, that's right. Uh, I think. Yeah. Gene Pitney's Blue Angel was a shocking song. That that deserved to get me. And we did, Leo Sarah mentioned Long Tall Glasses. That's a really good song too. Yes, it was. It nearly made my list. Leo is a uh, is a good man and uh, a very, very, very good singer. You didn't couldn't find room for John Denver. He's one of your favourites. Take me home, country roads. Look, it, it was came close, Kev. Um, I'm a big fan of that song. I think it's great, and um, I particularly like the line, "Driving down the road, I get the feeling that I should have been home yesterday." Wow, what are great words! Uh, he was. Uh, it was quite a good. Uh, did he write that? One of his? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, he wrote I some. Think. He wrote some good songs. I wasn't always a big fan of. Uh, how they came out of the speakers when he did them, but Susie Q, wild one, you didn't fit that one in either, Brian. No, 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 no. That's enough, Susie. 
Um, it's not one of her better ones. I do like Susie, but um, I don't like that one too much. All right. So our homework project is to go and have a look at Locomotive Breath by Jethro Tull, the live version of that. Uh, what's <laughs> on for the week, Finey? Uh, you, getting used to having your weekends to yourself or as much as you can, given the how Lenny's oh, no, is no. going? Well, I don't, no weekends to myself. I'm, I'm currently on day 47 without a break. Truth. No, is, no day off. In, no day off in sight. Is Lenny's open on Sundays? Oh yeah, seven days. A week. Oh okay. I thought you had Sundays off. Oh wow. Gee whiz. Seven days a week. <laughs> eight <laughs> days a week. Yeah, eight days I, a week. Sometimes some I'm sitting here singing songs, and a lot of them are Beatles songs. You know, I, I've got to say that they must have understood the working man, but you know. When I'm here late, I think it's a hard day's night. And I've been looking like a dog. Yeah, just don't start singing the tax man. That's the one you don't want to be singing, Finey. No, I don't. No. Oh, good yeah. business. Yeah, when uh, when you start seeing letters from the tax man, that's when you know that things are probably going well, but uh, you don't want to be having the tax man knocking on the door. Uh, no, you do. Miss Manix, you have uh, some Queensland gigs, so good luck with those. Yep, really looking forward to that. And... Um, Oh, looking to look forward to more fine weather and another swim. Oh, life's tough. Yep. Yeah, I love it. It's tough for the squatters of the world, isn't it, you know? No rent, <laughs> no uh, no electricity bills to pay, no uh, no gas. Uh, you yeah, know. That'll, that'll turn around quickly quick use, enough. Using your, mate, that. using your mate's car, A and his petrol? So, yeah. Well, I'm driving that picking yeah. up in a minute. So. Yeah, well, life, life's pretty tough. I can see you struggling. Uh, uh, yeah, it must be must be uh, terrible for you. Life of Brian, the new podcast is uh, up and about, so we want to uh, get people to have a listen to that. Uh, Alex Smith from Moving Pictures. Yay. Uh, we found him in uh, northern Italy where he has a farm and lives with his wife and his goats and his sheep and his chooks. So we uh, have a chat to Alex about Moving Pictures and a whole lot of other things. And uh, we also caught up with uh, Elliot Lurie, who's the lead singer of Looking Glass, who had that massive big song in the 70s called Brandy, You're a Fine Girl. Yay. So I love that song is the name of the segment, and we've got uh, Looking Glass uh, for the first one of those. So that's the Life of Brian podcast, which is out and about as well. Finally, uh, uh, take care, look after yourself, enjoy what uh, what parts of the weekend you get to uh, enjoy, and hope your footy team goes better than it did last week. Bust it up, United. And by the way, well, thank you, Kevin, for not mentioning the... Tottenham romp over West Ham. Good boy. There's three-one. Never mind. Uh, well, you know, I, I know we're, we're passionate about that, but it's not one of those kind of bragging rights ones because neither of our teams in the EPL have been uh, brilliant of recent times. So when you get a win, you kind of go, okay, that's good, but don't get carried away. No yes. Uh, Brian, have a lovely week. Good gigging. Uh, break a leg and all that sort of stuff, and we'll uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, Finey. Rock on. Good boss. Rock on. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook.